Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final chapter, uh, the last hurrah. We made it. We're at the last chapter of our recap and breakdown of imperialism, chapter 10, The Place of Imperialism in History. Um, Lenin's basically going to recap a lot of his talking points here um, and then just end with, you know, kind of roasting the, the pro-imperialist uh, academics at the time, which we have a lot of those today, you know, a lot of people who claim to be on the left or whatever, and then, you know, they support every foreign intervention overseas. Um, and, and we're going to talk about how to, to grasp imperialism um, at the root and capitalism at the root is to understand that capitalism is imperialism, right? Imperialism is a new stage of capitalism. Um, it's, it's, you can't um, destroy imperialism in its modern form, right? We've had imperialism in the past before capitalism, but you can't destroy capitalist imperialism with social democracy or with more um, caring politicians, right? You need to destroy capitalism. You need to take, it, um, take the system at the root and, and change the way that it functions. So, Lenin's going to start here um, laying out the four principal forms of monopoly. So, this is what creates monopoly in this new stage of capitalism. This is obviously one of Lenin's major points throughout the whole book, is that um, monopolies, cartels, trusts, syndicates form. Industrial capital merges with banking capital, and then they use the state to, to um, do imperialism. So, monop uh, number one, monopoly arose out of concentration of production until monopolies came to dominate every advanced country. So, production, um, as industrialization happened and as um, these big firms formed and started to form themselves into monopolies, we had cities form, right? Everybody, um, production is concentrated. People go to one place where they can work in the factory or whatever for the big company, and it grows and grows and grows and grows. And Lenin says, this is what happened in every single advanced country. And um, all the production was concentrated, and then the companies within that concentrated production started to monopolize. Um, and you see power and wealth and the means of production more and more concentrated at the top and in a smaller area. So monopolies accelerate um, not... Or, uh, monopolies accelerate the capture of raw materials in those industries become the most cartel-like. Um, so coal, iron, and today you would have natural gas and oil. Um, Lenin's saying these monopolies um, are the most cartel-like, the ones who really thrive off, off the use of raw materials, um, are the ones who are going to drive imperialism. I mean, that is a really, really good point, a really prescient point, because back then he was talking about coal and iron, and, and now it's evolved into be, you know, oil's the main thing we go for. And now with the coup in Bolivia, you're seeing lithium being a driving force. So energy, raw materials that create energy, um, have been a huge driver of imperialism, even since Lenin's day, and especially today, obviously. The invasion of Iraq was heavily based on oil. Um, pretty much anything we do in the Middle East, our interventions with Venezuela, heavily based on oil. Um, so, yeah. Um, Lenin's third uh, third principal uh, force of monopoly here. Uh, banks, and inter er, banks go from being intermediaries of capital into giant financial organizations of their own with ties to industry and all political and economic institutions, including the state, the government, the, the military. So banks, as Lenin talked about um, right away, you know, as capitalism's forming, a bank becomes a place for the capitalist to put his money, right? You know, and, and that money can be moved around. You can say, hey, bank, I want to buy... Um, 20 pieces of iron from capitalist B and the bank goes okay here you go capitalist B 
But eventually the banks start collecting interest and they start buying capital of their own. You know, the banks own like all the housing nowadays. You know, they start investing in capital of their own and they um, become tied to industrial capitalists. So those industrial capitalists we were talking about before, the coal, the iron companies, the fossil fuel companies, they become tied with the banks, the Goldman and Sachs, Chase Bank, U.S. Bank, whoever else. I'm using modern day examples. Um, they have very, very close ties. And, you know, there there are executives or whatever who sit on the boards of both institutions. So that's what finance capital is. When the banks become these giant financial institutions of their own, collecting tons of money through their own capital, and they become merged with the industrial capitalists. <clears throat> and Lenin also says here, uh, part four of his um, principal forms of monopoly, monopoly grew from colonial policy. Um, so all territory had been captured, leading, to fi leading finance capitalists to battle amongst themselves for the already captured territory. So obviously, uh, Lenin's writing this post-World War II, or sorry, pre-World War II. So at this point, all the countries have just captured you know, all the major Western and, and some in the Eastern countries uh, like Japan have captured all of the global South at this point. And, um, and they've colonized it and these countries are starting to fight for their independence. But now what does that leave? That leaves the capitalists to fight each other for the colonies in the global South, which is what World War I was, even World War II to an extent, Vietnam War, uh, Korean War. Well, that, that was actually just the U.S. trying to um, beat down the, the people of their colonies who are rising up. But either way, same thing. Lenin's going to say all the colonies have now been captured, which is going to lead uh, finance capitalists to fight each other to, to maintain control of their colonies because those colonies are now vital to the economies of, of the West. Like the U.S., of course, wouldn't be the richest country in the world if it wasn't for the extraction of wealth from the global south via imperialism. Um, <clears throat> so Lenin's also going to recap his parasitism development um, argument, um, how capitalism uh, has uneven development, and also the, the home countries are going to push their manufacturing industries out into the, the global south countries. We're still seeing that in the U.S. We kind of had a revitalization of our manufacturing industry after World War II. You know, people needed to do um, create the weapons for the war, and then afterwards everyone was unionized, and, and the 40s were the times of the most wildcat strikes in history, the most industrial union strikes in history, in order to keep those jobs. They're saying, even though we don't need the weapons anymore, um, you know, you can't just fire us and kick us to the curb. So, you know, and then after that, was we've seen the U.S. policy of stomping out unions, right, and then pushing our manufacturing industries our manufacturing jobs out to other countries where the capitalists can get cheap labor and now we have no protectionist trade deals so they can just import their goods for free. Um, so that's what Lenin calls parasitism um, and he talks about how these these places start to decay um, and they become rentier states so they have, they start to rely on debt. Lenin said that in 1917. Think about the U.S. today. We, you could argue whether or not we're decaying, but the country's certainly in chaos, right? Uh, just a few days ago, we had Trump people storm the cap, yeah, storm the Capitol and riot at the Capitol, and people were killed. Um, and you, you saw riots in the street all year this year as the global pandemic was going on. There's certainly um, unrest. You know, you could you could say that's capitalism decaying. And then Lenin says they'll turn into a rentier state. I mean, look at the student debt crisis. There's more debt in circulation right now in the economy than there is actual money. So these capitalists have realized they can't keep expanding any further until they go into space, which they're also looking at. <clears throat> but they need to survive and keep their capital growing by putting people in debt. Um, and that's what they've done. And that's why a lot of us have thousands of dollars in debt, including myself. 
Um, so Lenin also says here that imperialism uh, creates opportunism, recapping that idea that he laid out in, I think, chapter 8, the critique of imperialism, or maybe that was chapter 9. But either way, he says imperialism and opportunism um, can trick the proles, the proletariat, into supporting imperialism. Even though what, you know, their true interest would be socialism, gaining the means of production, <clears throat> and stop going to wars. Because one, our taxes pay the bills for these wars. And then two, our kids and our brothers and our friends and our sisters are the ones who are going to die in these wars. Right? They don't send rich people. You know, no president who's ever started a war has actually gone and fought in the war. Except for maybe like since like Abraham Lincoln in Washington, right? When Trump says we're going to invade Iran, he doesn't mean I'm going to invade Iran. He means, you know, all you working people, you're going to go invade Iran. Your kids are going to invade Iran. Um, your, your friends leaving high school but without the ability to pay for college are going to go fight in Iran. You know, not the rich people, not the bourgeoisie. Uh, but the proletariat can be tricked into this. And I mean, think about 9-11. After 9-11, they said, you know, Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. Do you want what happened to the Twin Towers to happen to the whole country? Of course, it was all lies. But, you know, after 9-11 happened, um, the proletariat felt like we need to defend ourselves, right? As a country, they felt patriotic. They felt uh, a need to do, yeah, yeah do defense and then the the ruling class said yeah we're going to do defense and then they did offense they destroyed the country of iraq which had nothing to do with the hijacking because uh, saddam hussein was asking for high, higher oil quotas so he was messing with the u.s um the u.s oil market overseas so we had to take him out and the proletariat were tricked into sending their kids to go fight and die in that war um based on propaganda and based on the events of 9-11 um, and the propaganda that came from that. <clears throat> so this is one of my favorite quotes, my buddy Chandler, um, who you can find on TikTok as The Communard. I would really recommend everyone follow him, really smart guy. His bio is, to be radical is to grasp things by the root. So I don't know where he got that from, but that's one of the best quotes I've ever heard here. So Lenin is going to say that imperialism arises from the very base of social production where you have an owner and a worker. And from that, it grows into the domination of finance capital. So the base of this system is bourgeoisie owner owns the means of production and worker sells his labor to the owner so that he can make enough money to survive by rent, food, housing. And Lenin says, with that base of production, it will always grow into the domination of finance capital because the capitalist is always going to do everything in his power to crush the worker and to enhance his own capital, which means um, allying with the banks, which means concentrating capital, which means industrial capital, merging with the banks to create finance capital and to create monopolies because they can make the most money if they dominate the entire market. So with nothing to stop them from doing that, they're always going to do that, which will always lead to imperialism. So the root of this problem of capitalist imperialism is the mode of production, owner, worker in a free market, right? Where, where most of society has to sell their labor to a very small um, group of society in order to survive. That small group of society, the bourgeoisie, is always going to concentrate their capital and their power, and then they're going to do insane violence overseas, like the war in Iraq, the war in Syria, the war in Libya, um, the, the bombing campaigns in Yemen, <clears throat> the, the bombing of Yugoslavia, all these disgusting, heinous interventions that killed 
millions and millions of people, Vietnam War, Korean War, you know, we go on and on. We could go back as far as we want. Operation Condor in Latin America, uh, the CIA and Patrice Lumumba in the Congo, of course, and the U.S. drone war in Africa. There's millions of examples. But as long as you have that root mode of production, worker, owner, it will always evolve into a system where monopolies and finance capital dominate and they're willing to kill millions of people to keep their own uh, capital expanding. And to be radical is to grasp this whole system by the root. To look at the war and say, I don't like that, what's causing that? And that's what Lenin does in this book, and that's why I think this is the most important book uh, to read today. So uh, Lenin's going to end here um, talking about some imperialist apologetics from an academic at the time um, who says Marx was wrong because finance capital and the domination of corporations over every market got rid of the anarchy in production, which is what Marx talks about. Engels talks about it a ton in Socialism Scientific and Utopian and Scientific. The anarchy of market production, right? The fact that we produce enough food um, to, to feed everyone, yet 9 million people starve to death every day. Those are modern statistics. Because um, the market has no human incentive, right? It's, it's run by profit incentives. So if there's no, no profit incentive to go feed everyone in the global south, no one's going to do it because they're focused on their profit, right? And, and this guy says that because corporations dominate the market so much, that gets rid of the anarchy in production because corporations just run everything. But of course, this is ridiculous because corporations aren't going to look out for the little guy. They don't care if people starve. They don't care if people die. They only care about their bottom line. So the only way for the proles to advance their lives and to end imperialism is to crush these corporations and take the means of production for ourselves. Workers of the world unite. Forget these wars. Let's go. All right, that wraps it up, everyone. I hope you enjoyed um, this breakdown of imperialism. Next up, state and revolution. I'm super pumped. I learned a lot about, you know, I'd read imperialism maybe a couple times before this, but teaching it taught me a lot, you know, about the the in-depth or the details of the book. And I'm hoping the same thing happens with state and revolution, despite the fact that I've read it a couple times now. So thank you, everyone, for watching. Much appreciated. Hope you're reading along or just uh, listening to me while you play video games. And I hope you guys are excited for State and Revolution. Um, drop a comment down below letting me know if you have questions, thoughts, concerns, or if you have a book recommendation that you'd like us to go through soon. Yeah, I guess that's all I got to say. Thanks, everyone. Uh, peace, love, organize your workplace. I'm out.